0: Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans. Welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And I am joined today by Matt Zinman, who is a speaker, author, and course creator, as well as podcast host devoted to personally enriching the happiness, quote unquote, of a of at least 10 million people by 2030. Quite a mission there, Matt.
1: <laughs> his you.
0: highly acclaimed book, Z-isms, Insights to Live By, embodies his experiences as an entrepreneur, athlete, single parent, caregiver, nonprofit founder, burnout, beater, and depression defeater. He has since adapted the book into skill building courses that enable learners to apply the concepts and techniques from Z-isms to enrich their daily lives. Wow, Matt what a bio and like so many titles my hat is off to you
1: you know it just all adds up dr sharon how do i get here i just look at my driver's license it does (laughs) kind of of how it happens the gps
0: is helping so before we start i'd love to hear your burnout story and then I've got I've got this question that I'm sure other people have as well and we're going to jump into that as soon as you're done with that. So All right. let's just clear that out of the way. Let's
1: go. Let's go. I have two burnout stories but you know the more recent one which was actually just 10 years ago this this week. I keep track of things as it were but that was really commingled with depression. I've had to contend with depression since my teens. It's hard to know which comes first because in my experience to each their own. Depression really slows down my synapses, I don't think as well, and then things can easily overwhelm me and where that is going. But the, the classic one for me was just over 20 years ago, 2002, I lived near Philadelphia, commuting into the city I was director of a marketing, communication, public relations agency that there just was not enough of me to go around. I was not resourced well enough by the owners between that, the commute, the long hours, managing people and all that goes with that. I also had a newborn. And so coming home and needing to help his mom at that point, and we were going through a divorce. So it Mm. it was like a perfect storm of life challenges that I did not have the capacity to keep up with. And the the tail was wagging the dog. It was just, I didn't have control for me that I need to have that balance, which in part is why I've been an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing those two burnout stories. And I think that really shines a light on the fact that every time you experience burnout. So up until now, we've kind of talked about how burnout shows up differently for everybody, we burn out for different reasons, but even within ourselves, like one person can have multiple bouts of burnout and each one for a different reason, right? And so what, what you said was, you know, that first one that was way long time ago was, as you said, the perfect storm of life challenges. And I'm glad that you brought that up because on this show, we really focus in specifically on the personality and kind of what you're bringing to the table that contributes to burnout. But I do want to also acknowledge that there are real life circumstances that can be chronic stressors. And sometimes it's also the accumulation of so many different stressors all at once that you're just tapped out. So that's what was, that sounded like that first one. The second one was, the depression. So mental health is a real thing. And there is that interplay between stress, burnout, depression, like all of these things, they can also come together. Because as you said, and you so clearly, I think illustrated this depression slowed you down. If you're working slower, things start to accumulate, then you become overwhelmed, because you've got so much stuff on your plate. Yeah, and I
1: wasn't functional. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then you don't have full capacities to focus and do all the things that you need to do to get the work done. So it just keeps accumulating and becomes this like huge hurdle. And so for people listening to this, who are experiencing that, yes, like depression is a separate thing from burnout, but it can also be a contributing factor. So that's obviously a very different kind of burnout story. So we definitely learned something already from that. But here's the thing that I'm really curious about from your bio. So you talked about this happiness factor, right? That you're, this, you're on this mission, you want to get across to at least 10 million people by 2030. We're in 2023. So you've got seven more years. First of all, how far along the spectrum are you towards that goal? And also, if you can, define for us what is it that you define as happiness
1: so first answer is there are a few aspects to achieving that goal the first thing is what is it that you're doing to garner that level of impact and all of my well it's never all but a large portion of my impact work is complete so mm-hmm. what it is that i have that will draw that many people, like you don't write a book, you don't do a lot of what we do for people not to benefit from it. You you do it to impact as many people. It's my purpose. And Mm -hmm. same thing goes with the courses, with my other work. And part of that answer is my growth into speaking. So I'm doing more and more of that. I hope to get on bigger and bigger stages. I plan on doing some TEDxs. In the coming years and different topics that I have that I want to get to, but, you know, all things in due time, there is a second book that I have in mind in and around happierness. And so it's really that cumulative effect. And for me, I go three, four, five more years. Where's my count? How do I know? There's other certain indicators, social media and things of that nature. But for me, it's important to have the goal. In working as hard as I have to be where I am and feeling a sense of responsibility with what I've created and continue to do to impact people's lives, to help them live better. I want to have something that's going to keep driving me. So that's what works for me is to make it tangible.
0: No, I love that you're thinking really big and you want to have that massive impact. And I think as entrepreneurs, because we have to create goals for ourselves, right? We're not asked to do X, Y, and Z. We have to kind of come up with it That's a beautiful place for you to start and kind of see if you can have that kind of an impact. So it keeps probably giving you different kinds of creative solutions of how to get there. But when we're talking about happierness, how do you define that?
1: Well, happierness is something that evolved from the original work over time. It's actually not even in in the book. The book was published several years ago. It's come about since as a concept in part because I am very rooted in and around optimism and, and having a choice around how you react to things, for example, having a positivity reflex. And it's important in doing that to be able to be present. Presence and resilience is really at the heart of a lot of my work. And optimism is not in the present tense. It's a lot about hopefulness. I really couldn't find a descriptor that was rooted in the present. And that's really where I'm looking to take the concept of happiness is to have that choice of developing as a skill, a positivity reflex to things that happen to you. You know, look for the silver linings, that sort of thing. So that's the short answer,
0: okay. So I know that you focus in on two things. One is mindset and the other is well-being. and I understand that you teach some uncommon mindset techniques that can be helpful for people who are maybe really stressed out, burned out. So I'm super intrigued. Tell me, tell us what these uncommon techniques are that can help us with our mindset.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I've been doing more speaking on this and it really is part of the evolution. There's the book and then there's the coursework. And then now that I'm doing the speaking, for example i'm doing presentations to associations and looking to do more and more of this and speaking on different topics but what's the broad topic what's the one that really talks about all these core concepts what do you call it <laughs> so it really does boil down to uncommon mindset techniques to or that instill presence and resilience and it focuses on skill building around achieving that and the setup really has to be put into perspective around well how do these apply what are the for example filters that shape our reality that's the first part of the setup so here we're talking about our perception and what it is that we experience we interpret to be the truth when in fact it's it's just our interpretation we have mood health which we started to talk about and that's a not a clinical term as you would know that's just that's a chapter in my book. But to talk more from the practical life experience, we all have to deal with our moods on one level or another. And everyone knows a sunnier day versus a cloudier day is going to impact typically how we see things. And then we have our superego, which not to go through the whole Dr. Freud lesson, but we're talking about the inner critic. And mm-hmm. Many of us at one time or another or more prevalent are dealing with that. And particularly women, with all due respect, I think girls are just mean to each other. <laughs> Plus there's growing up. and In my experience in doing the trainings, there's a clear slant toward negative self-talk being something that a lot of women contend with, especially, you know, from mid-20s into the into late 40s. So that really is at the heart of what some of the skill building is about. So those are some of the filters that shape reality. It's important to know why we have the perspective that we do or don't, and keeping that in mind. Then you have forces of distraction. So we're looking at this really problem solution, right? We're in the challenges and the problems. Well, first is whether or not we carry past baggage. Are we holding on to something that we... Have a choice to not hold on to. Those could be regrets or resentments or all the things that I think people know what fits into the past baggage category. We have future uncertainties. Some of us have a tendency to put our energy into worrying, making assumptions, things that are uncertain to happen or are uncertain to have happened. And that's another something that takes us out of the present. And then the other is that we all, and this is certainly science rooted, we're hardwired with automatic negative thoughts and clinically called ants. And so these happen at at a sub level. We, We often do not realize it. If you've had to contend with depression, your ants get really bad. You can go a half an hour, not realizing that you're beating yourself up. And that's a common experience for people, certainly for me. And so all of these moving parts are happening before you even get to how do you address it? What's the recovery work? What are the skills that you need to build? And those that are at the heart of my work do involve resilience against the things that I'm describing and being present. And in my experience and and from my perspective, I truly believe that one of, if not the greatest source of unhappiness for a lot of people is that we do not realize how unpresent we are and what we're missing out on. Now, when we're kids, everything's in the present. Whatever's happening is happening as we get older and the complexities of life take over and burnout certainly being the overwhelm of that it becomes more and more challenging to ground ourselves in what's really happening around us. So there are things that we can control in our behaviors around whether we're holding on to past baggage, whether we need to get out of the habit of worry or things that we have that control over, and then recognizing how do we address the things maybe we don't have full control over. You're never going to stop your negative thoughts, but you can stop them from controlling you in, in ways. So let's get to that. So the ways that are in and around these uncommon mindset techniques, when we talk about mindset, I think that there are a lot of, you have to be some common themes and ways of approaching it. Uh, This is meant to be something of a system that I want people to consider as being skill-based. So the first being self-kindness and to really look at self-kindness as a skill. And it's important to recognize what makes this, important is it's definitive, that you're either being kind to yourself or you're not being kind to yourself. And you have to buy into this by asking yourself the hopefully rhetorical question of, is there any reason why I should be nothing less than kind to myself? Some people struggle with that. If they do, well, that now they know where to start. And self-kindness is your first defense against your inner critic you draw the line your inner critic can't cross you look at your past baggage and say you know it's not kind to myself to beat myself over a regret or it's really not kind of myself to hold on to grudges and resentments even though maybe it however warranted those may be you know i'm sure people are very familiar with the notion of forgiveness being more about you and not the person deserving it. So those are some of the things in and around self-kindness. And I'm just skimming the surface here, Sharon, because I know there's so much I, w- I want us to cover together and have those joining us have the most practical benefit coming away with it.
0: Yeah, I, from I appreciate our that. I, so I I'm going to take that.
1: pause for a moment because I'm realizing like I'm just going on here through everything. Before I get to earn confidence as a skill, is there anything that you want to Uh, Chime in about here. You are the host.
0: Well, first of all, you have so much. Obviously, it's it's so evident. You have a lot to teach, which is really exciting for me. But I do want to just take a moment to recap everything you've said so far because there's a lot. What you're saying is that this is where I think you and I really see eye to eye. That whatever your problem is, whether it's burnout or anything else, right? Because I think this kind of applies across the board. So much of what you're experiencing as something negative really has to do with your own mental, an inner mental landscape, right? As I like to say. And what you're saying is that sometimes we're not present because we're either two in the past or two in the future, and it takes us away from this present moment. And the things that you're seeing is that we have very specific ways of where, we go mentally when we're not present. So we're either in the past with these regrets and resentments, where we're thinking about things that have already happened, and then we're beating ourselves up, or we're focused on things that haven't yet happened. And then we're worrying about what's going to happen because there is some sort of uncertainty. Like we never have guarantees about what's going to happen other than as they say, death and taxes. Right. So, you know, that can get you into trouble. And then of course, just how your brain is wired. And for some people it's more negative than for others, et cetera. So what you're saying is we need to build up certain skills that can help shift our mind to thinking differently so we can overcome these automated processes that are happening and one of the things that as you call it is an uncommon mindset technique is self-kindness and by the way self-kindness is a part of the greater landscape of self-compassion so
1: right that's
0: specifically important as we're talking about the thinkers i think because a lot of them tend to be very hard on themselves from a qualitative perspective so they're often perfectionists and that's exactly what they lack because they're so hard on themselves trying to always be perfect that i always think that self-compassion and self-kindness specifically would be very helpful to them but as i'm thinking about it i think that that can also apply to our feelers and doers because we've got the feelers who might be really hard on themselves for not doing enough to take care of everybody else or that they're hard on themselves when they've taken care of everybody else and then they're beating themselves up for maybe giving away the farm. And we've got your doers who might not be very kind to themselves because they're just thinking about what needs to get done and not really focusing on what their needs are. Right? Right? Like taking that bathroom break, even like we're not even talking about big things, but sometimes we're just powering through, powering through. We got to get everything done, you know? So, so that self-kindness can really be across the board, regardless of what your type is. And it allows you to just soften up a little bit because that's, as you say, going to help build up that resilience and that being present piece. So, right. uh, yeah, so take Spot us on. from there.
1: Yeah, from- I, I want to just acknowledge some of the things. So first of all, I love how you help people understand between being thinkers, feelers, and doers, because the inner work, the self-awareness uh, has a lot to do with all of this. And uh, it's certainly where you need to start and keep at. And I know also that we talk about the myths. This is probably a good segue around the myths for burnout before I continue on with the earn confidence skill. May I go there? Sure. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you would ask me pre-show and something to share the myths of burnout. And I think that here I'm saying, think, I feel that, or I can't say I do that, that people look at burnout and if they were to step back and say, here are all the things that are happening to me. That are causing me to feel the way that I am, that are making things worse for me, whether you're at risk of burnout, whether you're in burnout, much of which have to do with external factors. And in describing my own burnout story, that's really where I, to some degree, focus on is tails wagging the dog. This is happening to me. That's happened to me. I was going through this. I was going through that. And there's no way, nor should you ignore all these external factors. But the myth is that it may actually be a lot more about internal factors whether that's how you're not taking care of yourself, whether things are being made worse by the what you're not doing to apply the skills that we're talking about here, that you're beating yourself up, that you're replaying things in your head that are distracting you from being more productive, that w- would be less overwhelmed for you. So it all goes together. So I think that focusing at least as much truly, at least as much internally, as hard as that Mm -hmm. is for people to do, has a lot to do with the prevention of burnout and getting well and staying well. So I'll just pause.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that while sometimes we become defensive, and we just want to put the blame on external forces, which I do want to acknowledge that there are external factors yeah. that contribute to burnout. Sure. But when we're not taking any responsibility, and we're always pointing outside of ourselves, then we actually lack agency, because we don't have the power to change things that are outside. Often, right. Right. And that's essentially why I started the show. It's because I'm really always coming back to the individual and what can you do to help yourself, I want to empower people to help themselves through this stuff. And so the more you understand yourself, right, self awareness, the more you can take responsibility for what you're contributing, you know, i.e. whether you can identify as a thinker, feeler, or doer, the more you can then create these customized solutions to help change your circumstances, your experiences in those circumstances. I think too often we get into that victim mentality where things are happening to us and it's not my fault and it's never my fault, right? But ultimately, maybe it's because we don't feel resilient enough to deal with it. And I love that you're focusing on, building up that inner resilience. So, so far, what we've said is be kind to yourself. So even if it's quote unquote, coming from you, it's not about, it's your fault. It's not about blame. It's about understanding so that you can maybe make some tweaks and have a better experience. That's what we're going after. Okay. So that's the first uncommon mindset technique. uh, And that's the first skill really that you're teaching. What's, what's the next one?
1: Yeah. A lot of it, I can't help but react to some of the things that you're saying, Sharon. It also has a lot to do with prevention as a skill, right? Because if you are resilient and you're preventing yourself from doing something that's going to make things worse, we don't really think of the never happened. You know, that's a life skill that you really need to look to, you know, a pre-intervention to protect yourself from making things worse for yourself. Why would you make things worse for yourself? So there is this framework here of those three filters that shape our reality, uh, the the things that uh, take us out of the present. And here at the heart of it being these mindset reset skills, self-kindness is also broadly about personal development because the challenge, I think, with personal development, if you're working on your self-confidence, if you're working on anything, your esteem, all the things that go in that category, and you're like, I feel cruddy about myself, I want to get from here to there, but there's nothing definitive. There's, you know, how, and and how do you know that you did? And that's where self-kindness is also important because it is that barometer to know that I'm not beating myself up as much because I'm keep reminding myself, you know, that it's okay. So that's an example. Now, in the earned confidence, which is actually my chapter one, it's one of the reasons I wrote the book through some very difficult life experience, being a caregiver for my mom, for example, who went through a terminal circumstance many years back. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, at the root of it, is recognizing that we've all been through so much in our lives, and we're still here. You know, We have proven to ourselves that we're fully capable of overcoming whatever it is that happens to us, as if we have a choice anyway, but we do. Now, how hard that is, or the process that we put ourselves through to do that, some things have to happen, like with grief, but you don't need to make it any worse for yourself. And so- Earned confidence really also addresses those future uncertainties. Why would you worry about something uncertain to happen? Just wait for it to happen if it happens because you have the earned confidence to know you can just deal with the real and do that, right? And these are skills that people need to recognize, right? We're talking about earned confidence and self-kindness as skills. And so the same thing applies with earned confidence to making assumptions within which is the category of jealousy. For example, you're jealous of something. Well, you're assuming that maybe, not always assuming it's jealousy, but it's part of the equation. You know, having these phantom arguments or even phantom conversations with yourself, replaying things, we rehash, we prehash. you know, those are some of the thoughts that are going also in the moment that are taking us out of the true present. Then the third mindset reset skill, you're probably gathering these are in sets of three. And Mm -hmm. the third is amplified awareness. It's the toughest one because that's really also where being present is also the skill that applies here is to recognize my inner critics talking to me. How am I become more self-aware to recognize that that's happening in the moment as opposed to afterward that I'm already have beaten myself up. And one of the simple I guess it falls in a category of a hack there is to name your inner critic. Something else, name your inner critic, a name that is someone you don't know. Don't associate it with anyone. Mine is Fred. I don't know any other Fred's and recognize that your inner critic is not you. That's why, you know, the superego is just this other part of you and that these are your wiring talking to you. And so you want to, Disassociate your inner critic by naming it and even giving it form. What's Fred's personality? We don't need to go in all that whole detail, but I can tell Fred to piss off, recognizing that what I'm saying to myself is is not true. So sometimes there's constructive criticism, but it helps you distinguish the difference. So again, I wish we had four hours to go through all of this. My coursework is five days in total, so there's a lot of encapsulation here, but Also important when it comes to any kind of skill building, because I want this to be more than just, oh, I heard this, it was interesting, whatever, and then never happened, is what is the motivation behind why? What makes it worth it to you to actually recognize that this is something that can really truly enrich your life for good, as in permanently and for good? And part of it then comes back to presence. This is the last part of the framework, Sharon. What are those three aspects of life enrichment that are the motivators for me to work on these mindset reset skills. And the first is generally in and around self-care. And I'm not really so much about eat right, sleep well, less stress is certainly part of it, but it's more about emotional intelligence. It's the happiness mentality. It's conflict resolution. Again, that's a major preventative. It's don't let things get out of control in in terms of when things flare up in conversations. You need to be present to recognize that somebody's negative energy is starting to wash over your conversation and creating something within you. Energy consciousness is the next one in that. I do whole presentations on energy awareness and it's chapter in the book. So just an acknowledgement. And the third is having an experiential mindset. And this could be the most important motivator. So if I were to say to you, and this is something I would have in a presentation, a slide that has a word cloud on it. And in that word cloud are a whole bunch of things like fun, pleasure, imagination, innovation, playfulness, memories. And I ask, well, what do all these things have in common? And there's a lot more words as you can imagine. And I wait, you know, put it in the chat. And most people... Get a little close and they're all positive and they're this and it's a nice activity but the reality is is that these are the greatest joys in life and they only happen in the present you are not creating a memory if you're rehashing or pre-hashing or letting your inner critic take over you, you can't be imaginative you're not having fun so recognizing all these greatest joys, you make a list, all the things that matter to you, you'll realize that these are things that you have to be present for to experience. It's one of the reasons why time seems to pass quicker when we get older, because we're less and less present. So that's where unhappiness is affected by our not recognizing all that's happening within us, that's taking us out of the present, not only depriving us of these joys in life, which are great combatants of burnout, like humor you're having fun, laughing, those don't happen. If you're not saying wow, wow. <laughs> like being where your feet are, looking around, noticing things, You do more of that. That's why these are skills. And that's why what I'm describing here are motivators as to being the greatest joys in life makes it, I think, a pretty good reason why you wanna work at this. So that's really the framework as tightly as I can explain it.
0: And you've done a superb job and given us really like a huge amount of information in a short amount of time. It's a wonderful overview, but we certainly recommend for people who want to go deeper to take your course. And for those folks, where can they find it?
1: Thank you. I was like, boom, right? We're out of time. (laughs) So right now, Zisms is free. You know, again, you don't write the book for how you're going to, get 10 million people. I love for people to check it out. Give it 15 minutes. The audiobook is different. Their episodes of that chapters were converted over time into episodes of the podcast and then strung together as one long conversation. So if you're into eBooks or audiobooks, go to mattzinman.com. Uh You go to zisms.com. We'll get you to that page as well. Zisms has the hyphen for Canadians. It's Zed in case you weren't catching on. And <laughs> there are a lot of resources there sharon from the courses i make free the uh, de- depression defeater there's a mood health page there that if wow. you can that with episodes of the podcast with interviews that i've done and gone deep about my stories in and around depression it's all there and and i hope people go and just check it out and see what it, you know resonates and can be helpful to them when you go and get the book because that's going to introduce you to these concepts at least where they all began I also have a $175 voucher toward the mindset reset, which is the most ever I've done. And that knocks it under 300. So mindset resets the equivalent of an all day workshop, but you do it self-paced. It's online and you can do it with others and have like discussions, almost like a book club and a group of three or four. So check it out and have at it. And thank you for having me and everyone here joining us, hopefully benefited. And like I said, I wish we had more time to get into so much more, but we really hit the top line. I'm, I'm so grateful for the time here with you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we're so grateful for all of your knowledge and for sharing those very generous resources free of charge. So we're going to put the link in the show notes to get the free book. I encourage people to also go and listen to Matt's podcast. We actually did an interview. Yeah. Uh, So yours truly is going to be on isms as well. So you can find our interview there. We'll put the link to that. And I encourage you, if you do want to take a deeper dive, go further than what we've had time to do so far today. Is go and take check out that mindset reset course. Clearly, Matt, as somebody who understands from personal experience and also has done so much self work, that can speak about these topics in depth and in a really succinct way. I, I have to add, like you- I love just the way that you've structured it, and it clearly shines through as something highly valuable. So you have my endorsement on that. Thank you, Um, Dr. Sharon. Of course. And thank you again for being here.
1: It's a pleasure. All the best.
0: For all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes, and please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you're ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com, and I'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.